If you don't have your kids plugged in, we have a wonderful, wonderful OC Kids ministry in the back. They take great care of your kids and love on them and train them up in the Lord. We have a modified youth group on Wednesday nights and they meet on Sunday mornings at nine for a Bible study together. We have a college class on Wednesday nights. And we have this on Sunday mornings to come together and encourage each other. How many of you need encouragement? Hold your hands up. Oh, look around. Encourage somebody by you today. Looks like a lot of us need it. Okay? I'm going to pray. I'm not stupid. Don't say anybody say anything. <laughs> yeah, Sarah's not here. I'm not dumb enough to think that everybody in here has got a perfect life right now. I know that we come in with some things and things happen throughout each week and throughout our lives that are heavy and they hurt and you're going through some things. If you will surrender today, God will meet you right where you're at. He will meet you in this altar and he will move on your life. And he gives us an opportunity to come together and worship and praise him. So whatever you're struggling with, I want you to take your mind off of that right now and I just want you to put it on him. Maybe you're here, you don't know the Lord this morning. I'm telling you, that'll be the best decision you ever make in your life is to come to Jesus. So I'm gonna pray and we're gonna praise and worship. All right, Father, we thank you for freedom to come in here together, Father, and worship in spirit and in truth. And God, in the name of Jesus, I bind everything the enemy has bringing against people right now in this place. Lord, any negative thoughts gone in the name of Jesus. Lord, we take every one of those thoughts captive and make it obedient to your word right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray right now. Anybody hurting, anybody that's wrapped up in bondage and shackles, Father, we lose freedom in Jesus' name. And Father, I ask right now that you move in this place in a powerful way, God. And Lord, I know it's not all about what we can get, Father, but like I said last week is what can we give? What can we give? Can we worship? Can we praise in spite of what we're dealing with? Yes, we can. Because you are great and greatly to be praised. And God, we lift you up in this place. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship. Waters part before us 
against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the hell, heavenly realms. And I've been, I've been thinking on that all week, and I got so much. There's so much in there, but. What it boils down to is in our praise. Our, our worship and our praise is where we've got to go to. To stand against the devil, to stand against the world, to stand against our flesh. We've got to come against these things. We've got to come against these things and praise and worship and, and spending time with the Lord and being in His Word. Psalm 150. I love Psalm 150. Here we go. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty firmament. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. There you go. Praise Him with the stringed instruments and the flutes. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. Yes. Let everything that has breath, everything. It says everything. Let everything, I'm going to say everyone as well, everything that has breath, praise the Lord, 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 praise the Lord. Praise the Lord! There 
the cross You paid the debt I owe Broke my chains, freed my soul For the first time I had hope Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied Thank you, Jesus, it has washed me white Thank you, Jesus, you have saved my life Brought me from the darkness into glory Bye.
to his name. softly as I was worshiping I just I started thinking about the phrase a sacrifice of praise and to me as I kept saying that over a sacrifice of praise a sacrifice of praise I kept saying that over and over in my head and to me that means despite what I'm facing I can still praise the Lord for who he is Despite how bad things look right now, I've seen God move in my life and I can still praise him right now. And I have found in this last few weeks as God's drawing me closer to him and we're seeing things happening in the church that if I will praise the Lord more and more, the stuff that my mind or the enemy wants me to get focused on will be pushed out as I, as I praise and I worship the Lord and I spend time with him like Carlin was talking about. The more I'm finding myself doing that, the more the enemy has no hold on my mind. I'm pushing that stuff out. And we mentioned in the song too, he mentioned the verse, um, praise him in the sanctuary. I don't think that's just talking about right here. We are a sanctuary that houses the Holy Spirit. So as I do that, I praise him in the sanctuary and within myself, I am encouraged in the Lord. And everything that I'm dealing with, everything I'm struggling with, I get reminded that God is with me. This I know if you were here last week. Amen. Let's just sing this little, little thing that we're singing here at the end just a couple more times and just lift your hands. Give a sacrifice of praise, even if you don't feel like it right now, and let God inhabit your praises in this place.
glory to your name, Lord. Lord, I know you heal. You are the same God. You deliver, you transform, you change lives. And God, I am thankful, I'm forever thankful for you changing my life. And Lord, I'm thankful today that we can still call on the name of the Lord and be saved. So Father, I ask that you continue to minister to hearts in this place today. Lord, for those that don't know you, that don't know the hope that we're singing about, let them come to know you today. Father, for the ones that have ran away from you and they've been lost, they've been wandering, Lord, let them know they're welcome home. They are welcomed home. Lord, I just praise you and I thank you for your spirit that is within us and is in this place right now, drawing people to you. Lord, and we bring that sacrifice of praise in the midst of whatever it is we're dealing with. And we honor you, we worship you, and we praise you in this place. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Find some people around you, hug their necks. If you see somebody new, make them feel welcome. Amen, amen. I am thankful that I do not pastor a dead church. <laughs> no disrespect to the dead churches out there, but you're missing out. You're missing out. I <laughs> don't make a lot of sense sometimes. I'm just thankful because we serve a living Savior. We serve a mighty God. And when we come in this place together, we should know that together. <laughs> and we should celebrate that together. So, thank you, Lord, for being alive in our church and in our lives and in our families. Amen. If you're a first-time guest, you may not know what to think about me right now. But I promise you, I love you. <laughs> I love you. And we are thankful to have you with us at Orchardville Church. If you're a first-time guest, just slip up your hand. I know there's some here with the baby blessing. Don't be shy. Thank you for being with us today. Um, I know, I don't have to pray that you're going to be, I know that you're going to be blessed because what we do around here centers on him. And as long as we continue to do that, the people that come into this place will be blessed by what God's wanting to do in them. And again, there's some surrender to that. If you don't know the Lord or maybe you've ran away for a while, there is a surrender on your part that's saying, God, you can have my life. You can do much more with it than I can. I found that out. A lot of us in here found that out, that when we do things on our own, we make a mess. But when we let God control, God direct, God guide us, he makes all things good and beautiful. So thank you for being with us today. There's a card in the seat in front of you. If you're a first or second time guest, just fill that card out. If you're in the front row, just reach out behind you or have somebody give it to you. Turn it in at the welcome desk. We have a gift for you before you leave here today. And we appreciate you being here. This I know, that was last week. How many of you enjoyed God's word for last week and what he poured into us? I appreciate it so much. And this week, I'm going to hit on stressed or blessed for those of you that can't figure that title out. <laughs> the reason I say that 
And as I, I send my stuff to Jake and Carlin so they know for Sunday. And Jake comes in, he goes, Now, he's let you guys know he's dyslexic, so sometimes I confuse him with things. Uh, and I don't mean to, but he comes in and he said, I don't even know what these three words are. <laughs> and he laughed about it. I'm not, I'm... <laughs> I said, take it to Carlin and Audrey and see if what they think. And he comes back, he said, it took them a second, but they got it. So if you saw that and you were a little confused, it's stressed or blessed. <laughs> Okay, we just put them together. All right, let's go to Numbers 13 this morning. <laughs> We're going to get there in just a second, but you can be flipping over there, Numbers 13. How many of you would say there are times in my life where I am stressed? <laughs> good, this will be good. How many of you would say there are times in my life where I am blessed? Yeah. Or blessed, as Carlin said on this word. Okay, all right. The thing I want to hit on this morning about stressed or blessed is God's power has no limits or obstacles. You agree? So anytime we experience problems, the only thing required of us is faith. Again, God's power has no limits or obstacles. So anytime we experience problems, the only thing required is faith. You say, that sounds simple enough. It is. We make it complicated, right? We get stressed out. Let's go to Numbers 13, starting in verse 25 through 27. I want to read a story. And if, I don't know if she's here or not, but she triggered this in my spirit last Sunday. Katie Swope said something about this story. And then God's like, let them know. They don't have to be stressed. They can be blessed. So, we talked about this last Sunday after church, and I'm going to preach on it this morning. Numbers 13, 25 through 27 is where we're going to start on this story. It was when they returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days, they went on and came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. So they reported to him and said, we came into the land where you sent us. And it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. And they bring in these big things of fruit just to show it is what it is, what you said it was. And I want to start this little story here by telling you that God is true to his word. If God has given you a word, you can bank on it that he is true to it. Okay? Everything the Lord said the land would be for them, it was. He said it many, many years earlier, and it is exactly what, as God said it would be. So they see it, they scout it, it's exactly what they said it would be, what God said it would be, and it tells us that back in, you don't have to, it's not going to be on the screen, but Genesis 15 talks about this. God had made a covenant with Abram that this land would be theirs. God gave the confirmation and would later follow through on that promise. Some of you get lost in the later and expect God to move right then when he gives you something. I've learned this. When God burst in me, hey, you're going to have a school here at Orchardville. You're going to train up people in the Lord and give them a quality education with faith being the base of it. You know what I did as soon as he dropped that in me? Let's build it right now. 
get all the desks, get the smart boards, get it all. And he gave me that part quickly. And then I found out there's a lot that goes into that. So now I will wait on the Lord's provision, the Lord's resources, the Lord's direction. It's, it's going to happen, but I need to follow his timeline. <laughs> he taught me that real quick. And now we have an abundance of desks, smart boards, books. We're ready on that avenue. But we will wait until God says, go. And then we're going to trust that his word is true. And he will supply everything we need for Orchardville Christian Academy to kick off. Amen. Amen. Throughout our lives, we have to remember not to rely on man's philosophy or human ability, but we need to rely on this word. Okay? Continuing on in the story, verse 28. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And indeed, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Amalek is living in the land of Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites are living in the hill country. And the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. Verse 30, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, We should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will certainly prevail over it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, because they are too strong for us. So they brought a bad report of the land which they had spied out to the sons of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And the people whom we saw in it are people of great stature. We also saw the Nephilim there, the sons of Anak are part of the Nephilim. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Twelve spies go in. Ten spies focused on the problems they saw. They focused on the problems they saw rather than the possibilities in God's word. God did not reduce the obstacles when this group arrived or when they had to wait because of disobedience for 40 years when they came back. Things had not changed. And it's interesting that Rahab in this story said the people were more afraid of the Israelites than they ever could have been of the people. In Joshua 2, 8 through 11, keep your finger there in numbers, but Joshua 2, 8 through 11 says, Now before the spies lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land. Hello. And that the terror of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land have despaired because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. When we heard these reports, our hearts melted and no courage remained in anyone any longer because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth below. So back to our story in Numbers. 28, 29. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. And indeed, we saw descendants of Anak there. Amalek is living in the land of Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites are living in the hill country. And the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. So in today's terms, if you're looking at this, they are looking at this as a glass half 
empty situation, right? They're optimistic, or they're not optimistic, they're pessimistic in this moment. And I can't ever say P words for some reason. (laughs) They're being pessimistic. So Caleb jumps in and he interjects in verse 30. He quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up and take possession of it for we will certainly prevail over it. So imagine standing before this crowd of people and loudly shouting an unpopular opinion amongst them. We have opportunities to do that in our own lives and we shy away. He was willing to take the stand and do what God had commanded. And to be effective like Caleb was here, we need to do a few things. First of all, if we're going to speak out like this in the name of the Lord, we got to have the facts. And he had already seen the land for himself. He knew what it was. Second thing he did is he had the right attitude. He trusted God's promise. God said, we're going to have this land. Let's trust that. And the third thing was he stated clearly what he believed. Hmm. Caleb was like, hey, everyone, we can conquer this land. We can take it. In verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, we, highlight we, are not able to go up against the people because they are too strong for us. They said, we, meaning their own ability. We cannot do it. Of course you can't. We say that as well when we get a word from God or we feel like God's placed something within us. A lot of times we let doubt creep in, we let fear creep in, and we say, I can't do it. But God says, through me, you can. Moses had said back in chapter 10, verse 29, that the Lord told him, I will give you the land. He didn't say we were going to take it, but he said, God will give it to us. It wasn't about me. It was about God moving in the situation. Numbers 12, 32, 33. So they brought a bad report of the land which they had spied out to the sons of Israel saying the land through which we have gone to spy out is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are people of great stature or giants. We also saw the Nephilim there. The sons of Anak are part of the Nephilim and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight and so we were in their sight. Again, the report of these 10 spies was bad because they added to what they saw in order to control the people and influence them so that they no longer desired to enter the land. Man, that relates to us too. There are so many times in our lives where we see only in the physical. We see the problem. We see the trial. And that's all we focus on. And we forget about the power of the Holy Spirit living within us. That that can accomplish more than we can ask or think. But because we see it with our own eyes, that's all we focus on. I've got a spouse that is never going to come to the Lord. Uh, You don't live with them. 
You don't see how bad it is. Stop looking in the physical and start seeing in the spiritual the things that God's going to bring to pass. It's not about what you see. It's about who you believe in and his word. Numbers 14, continuing on. Then all the congregation raised their voices and cried out, and the people wept that night. And all the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the entire congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or even if we had died in this wilderness. So why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? He didn't. Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let's appoint a leader and return to Egypt. If you're familiar with the whole background of this, why, why, why would they want to go back to that? When God gave them a word for this. Fear entered the hearts of the people, and all of a sudden, slavery, bondage, and being controlled by other people look better to them. So imagine with me if you're a believer, and I know we have several in the house today, do you remember what God delivered you out of? Anybody? Can you testify that God delivered me out of a mess and changed my life? Now, also... Would you ever go, want to go back to that? I can't hear you. No. <laughs> How can they turn the hearts of the people so quickly here? Eyewitness account from 10 spies. That's how. Disregarding the other two that are standing on the word, the promise. But you guys in here just told me that you never go back to what God delivered you out of. But I'm saying today, based on this scripture, listen to this. If you hang around the wrong people long enough, you'll start to doubt what you believe and what God says is true. Let me tell you that again. If you hang around the wrong people long enough, you'll start to doubt what you believe and what God says is true. I've seen it. I'm not saying you can't be around sinners, but if that's all you're hanging around with all the time, you're going to start to doubt what God says about you. They had fear of the unknown. Strength and size of the people, it scared them. And it's easy to forget what God has done. Again, we do this all the time. We forget how much God has shown up in our lives. And might I say today, it's good to see Melville Conard with us in the house of the Lord. And I know her and Floyd are people of faith that stand on the word of God. Numbers 14, five through 10, we'll finish up this part of the story. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in the presence of all the assembly of the congregation of the sons of Israel and Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, of those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, they're pleading with them, the land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. 
a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not fear people of the land, for they will be our prey. Their protection is gone from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. But all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of meeting to all the sons of Israel. Caleb and Joshua, these two spies of the land, the glass is half full. We know God will deliver them to us. We know that God's going to come through. We know God has given us this land. So Caleb, in the midst of the uproar, speaks out. And he says, let us go. No matter the obstacles, we must go and take this land. If the Lord is pleased with us, if we find favor in his sight, he will bless us. I believe the Lord has found favor in the sight of Orchardville Church over the years. Despite the obstacles. 40 years of God's faithfulness. You guys planted a church kind of in the desert. (laughs) But you know what? (laughs) God supplied everything you needed to continue the work that he started back in 1982. And he's still doing mighty things today. The same reasons you opened that church up back in 1982 are moving and flowing today. That's because of God and his faithfulness. Amen. And he's saying here, he gives it, he puts it in place, his action, his initiative. He provides the results to us. Do not prevent his goodness. Do not flagrantly disobey God and disrespect his authority. They shall be our prey. God has long promised to give them over to us. Their protection has been removed. God's shadow no longer covers them. The Lord is with us, is what he's telling them. And again, these, these people had seen God move in powerful ways, the parting of the Red Sea, each day as he fed them. He rested over the holies of holies with them. He met Moses at the tent of meeting. But when it came time to deal with the giants, all of a sudden, they're going to resist God. Now, again, in my mind, I've seen God do some powerful things, and I can't imagine ever rejecting him and turning my back on him. But I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. But they, they, they didn't choose faith in this moment. And because they didn't choose faith, they started getting stressed out. And from a human standpoint, I can somewhat understand the giants were big and scary. People of this world can be big and scary that are opposed to God. But we need people, warriors for Christ, that has been spoken over this church as well, to be the light in the dark. Instead of standing back and being afraid. And, and the reason that's so important, and when problems come, obstacles come, is because often the issues that we experience are really between God and Satan in the spiritual realm. You don't have anything to do with it. 
besides calling on the name of the Lord to intercede on your behalf. Satan is a huge force because he is not trying to defeat us more than he is seeking to stop God's purpose for our life. If you are not operating in what God has for you and what God wants you to be doing, Satan is not worried about you. You can come to church your whole life, sit there and do nothing, and he is not worried about you one bit. But the moment you step into the calling, the moment you step into the power and the authority that God has placed inside of you, then he knows he has to worry about you. And for far too long, people in the churches have been weak. And he's not worried about us. But again, if we will walk in our authority of the power of the Holy Spirit, he's going to be back on his heels. He's going to understand Orchardville Church, I don't mess with them because they're walking in their purpose. They're walking in what God's put inside of them. We can only resolve our problems, our issues through God, by God. And Satan knows that God seeks to work through us to teach us to live by faith and not by got to stop seeing it in the physical. We walk by faith, not by sight. So he does everything possible to discourage us. If we do not exercise faith, Satan knows we have no ability to defeat him. We don't. Doubt does not provide us any results. Stress does not provide us any results. When we view what we face through our ability... It creates the doubt. It drives fear. It leads us to resist God. And we get this stressed out feeling. Maybe this is why John writes in 1 John 5, 19, the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. The whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. So a question for you this morning is what is God seeking to get you to do that your level of faith prevents you from doing? Again, what is God seeking to get you to do that your level of faith right now prevents you from doing? Who or what is your giant right now? And here's, here's the biggest fight of our life is not what we're in the middle of. It's not losing your son. It's not uh, a husband and wife fighting. It's not... Uh, my husband or wife not serving the Lord. It's not, I got this sickness. That, that's not the biggest fight of your life. And some of you say, that's really not considerate, Rick. It's not. The biggest fight any believer may face in this life is the fight of faith. The fight of faith. We're living in a world that is in the power of the evil one. So we know that troubles will be coming to us. We've got to put our energy into learning God's instructions since God promises us that we talked about last week, this I know, to be with us and to help us through whatever comes our way. That's his truth. And then we can allow him to achieve his purpose as James outlines in James 1, 2 through 4. And when trials come, you know where we need to run to? Our faith. We need to run to God. But instead, maybe I'm over-exaggerating a little bit on this. When trials come, here's what happens to a lot of us. There's the trial. Oh, no, 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 no. Just something else to pile up on top of me. Jeez, this totally stresses me out. 
Then after that, after we've had our own little pity party, I'm guilty. Remember, I always preach to myself. Don't get offended in this, this world of offense. But after we have that pity party amongst ourselves, never turning to God yet, just looking at the problem, then we take to social media to let all the world know about it too. <laughs> oh, goodness. My life is horrible. You won't believe it. I might as well just give up. And the ones that are getting offended right now are the ones that are saying that stuff. (laughs) But never once running to God or saying, I trust in God. I believe God's word. Yeah, I'm going through something right now, but wait till I come out the other side. We've got to run to God when trials come. We don't want to be stressed out. We want to be blessed. God says that he has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, 2 Peter 1.3. So when issues arise, we've got to remember that we have everything we need in him to exercise faith. Everything. And John adds, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world, right? We've got to remember that the word of God is a word of life. It's a word of life. It's not just knowledge. I'm so proud of you if you can memorize 4,200 Bible scriptures. Until you apply it, you're weak. The result is that we grow spiritually and make room for the fruit of the Spirit as a result of the trials God blesses us to endure. Nobody wants to hear that side of it, that God blesses me in the midst of it, that I can grow in the midst of that trial and come out the other side stronger in my faith. Yes, you can. Hold on. Hold on. What if I die? You made it. Praise the Lord. Enter in, good and faithful servant. I'm trying to close. James 1.12. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. This produces joy rather than stress and blesses us to be overcomers rather than underachievers in our faith. Too many times we let intimidation control our faith. You can amen that. We do, rather than the other way around. The only fight we have is the fight of faith. Is God's word true? That was a question. Can he do the impossible? Have you seen it? We've got to put our faith to work. And this is when we learn who God really is and live more in the fruit of the spirit than the weakness of our flesh. You want to be blessed instead of stressed? That was a question. (laughs) Activate your faith in the midst of obstacles and, and problems. Activate your faith. What good, I said this to a brother this week, what good is our faith if it's never activated? What good is our faith if it's never applied? 
When trouble comes, run to your faith instead of the stress, worry, and fear of the situation. Again, knowledge of the Bible is good, but it's useless to us if we don't apply it and walk it out. There is no such thing, and I, and I kind of hit on this with a church that's alive, there's no such thing as a lifeless faith. Right? His word is life, and we need to act like it is. We can't live our lives on our own and expect God's help. I choose, I pray you choose to be blessed and not stressed this morning because of who he is, what he's done, and what he will continue to do. This I know. I will follow him as he goes before me. If you're following the Lord and you're submitting things to him, the problems that come up, he's already out in front of you on them. Endure. Be patient. They wandered around for 40 years. We get frustrated after four hours. We've got to surrender everything to God and live the way he wants us to live because when we do this, he sees us, he knows, and he will move on our behalf. The praise team will come back up. I'm also confident of this, that nothing is going, in, in our lives, nothing is going to take God by surprise. He is stable. He is unconquerable. He is reliable. He is secure. He is still, as a believer, our covering. He's our shield. He's our rock. He's our defense, our deliverer. He's our provider. Our everything is found in him. If you guys will stand this morning. I want to tell you, whatever comes your way, whatever is in your way right now, listen to me, God can handle it. We need to remember that. Whatever it is this morning you're dealing with, you can't handle it by yourself. But God can handle it don't be stressed when things come your way and, and I know the whole oh we're human I know that but we serve a supernatural God don't be stressed when things come your way stay blessed see things spiritually see things from God's point of view We get ready to worship and pray. This is one of my favorite times of the week. And some of you say it's one of my least favorite because it takes forever and I want to go home. I'm praying that that spirit leaves you and you understand that God wants to touch people's lives and you can be a part of that by praying where you're at. Do you know that some people come up here with the thought of ending their life and they leave with the joy and hope in the Lord? That's the kind of stuff we de we're dealing with. And as intercessors, we should be out there praying. God, if somebody in this place needs your son to save them right now, I pray they go. Not drinking sodas and having snacks in the midst of an altar call. You're locked in on what God wants to do. 
I posted this this week. Minutes don't matter when God is moving. Time doesn't matter when God is moving. And he wants to move in this place right now. Because there are people right now that are stressed out. And you're coming to the understanding after this morning's message that I got to give it to God. I got to let God handle it because I'm overwhelmed. If you will come up here and surrender it to him, God will handle it. You wait patiently for him to do it. If you know what it is, you know there's stuff you need to lay down and surrender, do that. He'll fix it right now. You don't know the Lord, he'll fix that right now. You can come to know Jesus. It's not complicated. So as we worship, begin to pray. If you're here and you're stressed out right now, I want you to come and just soak in God's presence and surrender it to him. Father, right now, we thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you take the burdens, you take the heaviness upon your shoulders, God. We're not meant to carry those. Lord, we're not meant to stay stressed out and focused on a problem that we see. Lord, we are to be blessed. We are to surrender those things to you. We are to understand that you see us, that you go before us, that you know what's going on. Lord, I pray right now that people call on your name this morning that are stressed out. They are stressed out. Let them understand that you can do things that their mind, their eyes cannot comprehend as they surrender to you, Father, and ask you to move in those situations. Lord, we just thank you, Father. For anybody here that doesn't know Jesus as their Savior, we pray right now, Father, that they come. You sent your Son to die on a cross for our sins. Lord, and he rose from the grave, and he, he is right there with you right now in heaven, interceding on our behalf right now, God, giving hope to people in a hopeless world. Lord, let them come to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you come?
more than enough. I want to speak in anybody dealing with mental health. He's more than enough. He is more than enough. That doesn't get talked enough about in the churches. But God can help you. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there is power, supernatural power in the name of Jesus and the Holy Spirit that lives within you. And if you will tap into that, if you will tap into that, you will see things change in your life. You will see things change in your mind. God will transform your mind. Feed yourselves this week on the things of God. Don't feed on the things the enemy is telling you and the doubt and the fear and the things. Be blessed this week, not stressed this week. And I know it can, it's just one little thing here, one little thing there can set us off, but if the power of the Holy Spirit is flowing through you, he will come out of you in those moments where the enemy tries to get you off track. Be blessed today. Continue to keep Sarah in prayer as she recovers from sickness. Uh, anybody else that's dealing with things we we have a prayer request thing that we do on Mondays but I encourage you too if you feel the urge to pray for somebody here on a Sunday morning please go and pray for them uh, if people are up here in the altars come and pray for them it's just not a me and the deacons thing it's you know how to pray come pray right encourage people in the Lord uh, let them know you're there as we continue on as a family uh, this Wednesday night again, church this Wednesday night at 7 for all ages. We'll continue in our spiritual warfare. We're getting into things that a lot of us probably didn't realize have an effect on our spiritual walks, but we've been studying those and talking about those on Wednesday nights. Um, even little things like lying and gossip is what we talked about last week. You're opening up in the spiritual realm things for the enemy to come in and, and have control of your life. God has other things for you, better things. All right, I'll dismiss. No, I'm not. You're not dismissed. You are. Love you guys. Win some people to Jesus.